coming up on Real Life Leadership with Tracy Spears. So I think you should be 18 before you drive, and that's because I didn't have a bunch of children, right? Oh, like, I 100% I agree. Having a 15-year-old that's a month away from getting his permit, I'm like, he's okay. not ready. Okay, He so is not ready. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say the opposite, like, yes, I want him to drive himself I would too. love that, yeah. just for the help. I don't know that yeah. I can trust him to drive my little ones Six around. Sixteen's too young. I think it is, I really so, do. When we do the podcast about changing the legal driving age, I'll have you back. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please do, please do. I will rally uh, for that. Okay. <laughs> Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Real Life Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Spears, author, speaker, advocate, and someone who loves to hear inspiring, extraordinary stories from everyday people. I'm fortunate that I get to meet so many different people, and I'm super excited to introduce you to one of them now. All right, so I'm super excited to introduce you to Melissa Shepard, my guest today, uh, to talk about whatever you want to talk about, right? So we're going, to talk, yeah, we're going to talk about... Uh, I mean, leadership, obviously. So before I start barraging you with questions, tell them a little bit about you and who you are. Okay. So, Well, my name is Melissa Shepard. I am the practice manager for a pediatric dental office in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, I am a wife, and we've got three kiddos. Um, I love just watching them grow up and kind of take on this big world, and I totally enjoy soaking all that in. And, and how old are they? It gives me all the feels. I've got seven-year-old twins. Okay that we have together and then my husband has a 15 year old that's with us full time so okay. keeps us busy they're Twi all into different things and are the twins a boy girl boy girl and okay. then my 15 year old is a boy okay so oh you got a full house we've got competitive soccer going on <laughs> right we've got cheer tumbling tennis even boy scouts so. i seriously do not know how people juggle all of that i mean i know that people have been doing it forever help and, yeah, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So, so I'm that person that always says, I think you should be 18 before you drive. And that's because I didn't have a bunch of children, right? Oh, like, I 100% I agree. Having a 15 do? year old that's a month away from getting his permit, I'm like, he's okay. not ready. Okay, he so is not ready. I thought you were going to say the opposite, like, yes, I want him to drive himself. I would too. love that yeah. just for the help. I don't know that yeah. I can trust him to drive my little ones. Six around. seems too young. I think it is. I really so, do. When we do the podcast about changing, the legal driving age, I'll have you back. <laughs> yes, please do. Please do. I will rally uh, for that. <laughs> okay. So, so kids, soccer, and yes. and I, it's so super exciting. You just got a big promotion. I did. So, I so did. congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. That was a, it wasn't a slam dunk either, right? Like, so you um, have worked at this practice. We should give a shout out to Fox Rowerman Heck Pediatric yes, Dr. Dentist. Dr. Fox and Dr. Rowerman. Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yes. Um, two of the finest people I know, by Absolutely. the way. Absolutely. Absolutely. They really are. I mean, you know, you're... you're I'm lucky yeah. to get to work hand in hand with them every day. Yeah. So. I would like totally just like to hang out with them like yes. all the time. Wouldn't you? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I've been lucky enough to go to dinner with them a couple of times. Every time I like, bam, a couple of hours is gone and I'm like, oh my God. They're so real. Like they are. They're the most real people. They so. are. Maybe this could be the part of the podcast where they sponsor us or something and we could talk about how amazing yes. they are. So. Yes. We do it for Well, my background is marketing, so we'll hit that up for sure. <laughs> <Good night. laughs> so yeah, let's talk about it. So you start at Fox Broerman at what age? And so give so us the... So I started right out of high school in 2003. I worked Crazy. as a dental assistant going to school. I kind of thought I would be a dentist or be a dental hygienist. Um, I went to TCC a couple years, and then when I moved down to OU, I realized that all those science classes were not for me. I feel and right. being a dentist was 
not in my future. Yeah, understood. <laughs> uh, so I changed my major to business and marketing, and that's kind of how I finished that up. I always okay. came back and worked in the summer and spring break, Christmas break, anything that you know they could use me for. So. I went to OU and I was going to be an architect. That was my, you know, my whole thing. And like literally after three days, <laughs> oh my God, I'm so out of my league. Yeah. So the, the math classes, I literally like ran back to the counselor and yes. said anything but, but that. So, yes, yes, that yeah. was my experience. Yeah. So yeah. I don't want to take any more science classes. I got you. I got you. So what else can I do, you know? <laughs> Without the science, yes. And without the math, all the right? science and math. So. so you, so you end up working as a. Uh, so I worked as a dental assistant. Okay. Why I went to school when I graduated, I took a position in their front office um, and was doing their marketing, and then I took a step back and just was doing their marketing part time, um, okay. which was the perfect schedule. I took my kids to school. I came into the office, um, you know, was out around town meeting all kinds of new people and nice. getting them to send their little ones to our office. Um, and then I was there to pick them up at the end of the day. So, um, I had a, my dream job, I yeah, guess, yeah. until this, dun, 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 dun. yes, <laughs> yes. Until they offered me, um, the office manager position and, you know, I thought, well, I definitely have the experience. I've been here long enough to sure. kind of know how the office works. Um, I didn't know if I was fit for that leadership role because I'm a people pleaser, and I didn't really know if I'd be able I'm to have like difficult conversations. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, well, so I'm gonna go back for a second. So, okay. so you're in the marketing role. You're doing it part time. You're um, super happy in that, you know. And all of a sudden, there's going to be a change because the office manager that is there now, has been there for 20... 25 years. Seven, yeah, I was going to say 27, yes, a long yes. time. And so she's made the decision that she's going to retire, and so then everyone starts thinking about, oh my gosh, what's next? And so the bench is, uh, I'm not going to say it was a big bench, you, there was a short list that you were on for sure, and so so when you started being interviewed, did you get immediately excited or were you immediately like, oh my gosh, what was your like, I your like went through phases of emotions. I was okay. immediately excited just mm -hmm. that they would even consider me for the position. I mean, it's a big position in our office. Sure. So um, you really are working hand in hand with them. You're you're their right hand person. Mm -hmm. You're who they go to. And yeah. Um, so I was immediately excited. And then the kind of intimidation and can you really do yeah. that? And right. You know, have these hard conversations when they come up. Um, so then I was a little bit scared. Mm -hmm. um, they gave me some time to think about it. So I kind of did some soul searching and I figured that you really just have to treat people the way that you want to be treated. Right. And if that's a people pleaser, that's being a people pleaser. But I didn't see it as like a negative thought like I did. Well, were you, prior were you, to that. Were you nervous about the idea that you, so you would then be in a different position, when I think when a peer gets promoted, it's the most difficult introduction into leadership. Absolutely. Don't you think so? Oh, absolutely. It gets easier when, even if you had that same job, same experience, whatever, but you went to another practice and people didn't know you. That would have been easy. But this one, so you're being promoted in a practice where everybody was, you know, was your peer. So yes. Would you say that's the hardest thing? That is, was abs it has been the hardest thing. And I, every day is still, like, I have to be very intentional about, mm you know, that balance between these have been my coworkers and, you know, friendships that I've made along the way. Um, you know, we've got a staff that lots of them have been there for 
years and some of them longer than me. Yeah. Um, so just finding that balance between coworker friendship and, you know, now leader. Yeah. And it's I, a, it's interesting. Every day is still, you know, be, I have to be intentional, intentional about that balance. Well, when you think um, of all of the words that you could be using right now, I think that's the word that uh, resonates with me is the intentionality of it, right? Like that you made some new decisions. So we've obviously been working together. And, thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank, and for me too. Like just I remember in the beginning we had many conversations about what do you want to be known for, right? So you actually sat down and thought about what kind of leader do you want to be and made some notes on that, right? Is, yes. Yeah. Do you remember going through all of that? I assume you do. Honestly. Yes. What, what? Yes, I do. Yeah. Were, um, you, were you surprised at what came up when you were trying to make those decisions or did you immediately know this is what I want to be known as? Yes, I was surprised, but there were lots of things that I knew immediately because I had been with the practice for so long. So I knew, you know, I had lots of experience to say I maybe would have done something different in this totally. scenario or yeah. things like that. So. I knew that I wanted to be authentic and, um, you know, just kind of treat people the way that I wanted to be treated. Yeah. I didn't know what that looked like because there is um, boundaries and things that have to be set, you know, to maintain, to do your job well and still treat people. Yeah. And I think that's hard, by the way. I think that's the hardest thing in a leadership role is to figure out what those boundaries are. And so you're also in a situation where everybody's been there for so long that those lines get really blurry, yes, right? And yes. so, um, by the way, there's not anyone that is, is ever in a leadership role for a super long time that doesn't have that. So this is for you to look out for in the future, right? Like you, you kind of get lulled into every, everything's fine and then the friendship starts to develop and all of a sudden then people start to take advantage of that. And yes. if you don't recognize that and make some changes, then you end up with the opposite of what you're trying to accomplish, right? Absolutely. Yeah, and I don't think that's, I do think that's difficult. I don't think that's an easy transition, but um, when you were using that word intentional, that makes me super happy because it's, you can't ever not think about that, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not saying it occupies every minute of your day, but you have to really be sure that your strategy matches the outcome that you want, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you've been great at that, though. You've, you're a dream for, to work with for somebody like me because um, not only are you, um, looking for the information, but you actually go do it, right? Like yes. A lot of people go, well, what would I do? What should I do? And then you give them these great ideas, and they're like, oh, yeah, and they do nothing. Yeah. And you're like, what? Oh, my so. gosh. Like, I consider my resources, I mean, you being my number one. Um, I've got some podcasts that I listen to, some books that you've recommended to me, your book, um, and they are my, like, go-to. You know, we've implemented some policies and things like that at work that really help set the tone and, you know, give everybody a clear expectation, but definitely having resources in my back pocket to reflect back on and yeah, so, but, I mean, put to use is, right? you know, a lifesaver for me. Yeah. Well, you've been good to like seek out meetings that you need to go to, to, yes. to, you know, read books, to communicate, connect with other people. So the personal board of directors that, you know, we've talked about many times, yes. Um, and, and I'm going to tell you that for me, when I look back on my career, that having that, you know, core group of people that I went to for advice or to ask little questions, like you're talking about just having somebody in your hip pocket to be able to say, hey, what should I do here? Um, a lot of people don't take the time to do that, but you're doing that. You're creating all those 
connections and relationships. And I think that's I think that's super smart. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I think you have to take advantage of those resources and those opportunities, or you know, you get where it's your way or no other way, and mm -hmm. it's really hard to lead. So, so, so tell me a little bit about that because I, I happen to know. You think there's a backstory? <laughs> yes, of course no, there is. No, there's not a backstory, but tell me, like, where, what's tested you already? Like, what, what is, like, when you look back on the last, you know, year and, you know, really six months in particular, what's been a couple of the sticky situations that you're like, okay, this is one of those times where I need to define my leadership by how I'm going to re react to this or respond to this, right? Yes. So... I work with 25 women mm -hmm. and you know it's easy for us to kind of look at you, you know the picture that we see and not the big picture and we've there's been conflicts you know with a group of people or maybe just two people and um, rather than getting into like a non-productive he said she said conversation you know I've listen to what they've had to say, you know, listen to what maybe someone else had to say, and then instead of the he said, she said, we've come together as, you know, a meeting of three of us to really just address the issues head on. And nice. they've, the conversations have always ended well with like a thank you for listening, thank you for taking the time, like helping me see the big picture and, you know, not just what I'm doing, but what everyone else is doing. And um, so that's been, you that's know, huge. a huge, yeah. And, and it's not the easiest conversation to have, but when you can walk, when your intentions are good and you can walk out of there and know that like everybody is leaving there at least on the same page or with mm -hmm. a more open mind, then you feel like, okay, well, that worked. <laughs> but it's not, you're right, it's not easy to begin the conversation, it but too many people start out in leadership and they decide, make, they don't make the decision of what they're going to do when somebody comes to them complaining about somebody else. And so they end up reacting and listening and all of a sudden it looks like they're siding and then they have favorites. So you've made a proactive decision to not be that kind of leader, right? Mm -hmm. And I loved that that was one of the things that you said, you know what, this is, I want to be this leader that doesn't buy into the drama, but is able to figure out how to neutralize it in a way that people still feel valuable. And so the method you just described sounds like it's working beautifully, but you know, it, it, it has. I've been in that situation a couple times, and so far, it's. I feel like, you know, we've gotten a better end result than just being a listening ear and just not doing anything about it. You know, someone can come and vent to me, and someone else can come and vent to me. But if I'm just there to listen and not really come up with a solution, then, you know. Now, the same problems are going to keep on happening. Yeah. So. And, and that's when it looks subjective, right? It mm -hmm. looks like you're siding with someone. So just to, just to uh, unpack this a little bit, somebody comes in and they say, I'm upset about so-and-so, and you in that you listen to that. Do you tell them that you're going to go bring that other person in? or how to, what is, do, They pretty much know that at this point, don't they? Mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, that's, just the, that's what I put out there, and okay. they know that when they come to me, there's... Um, we're going to come up with a solution mm -hmm. rather than just burying it until, you know, the next time. So we've, I've made that super clear. Whenever I first took the position, I met with all the staff one-on-one -on -one and kind of explained to them, um, you know, what my position was and, you know, how I felt like um, the differences that I could make 
um, and just really laid it all out there so You're they would have a, a just clear expectation of you know what to expect from me yeah well, I, I think that's, you know, we're acting like, oh, and I, and I do it so casual. Uh, it's, a, it's a cornerstone of great leadership, though, that people could walk into you and trust that you could navigate that conversation in, in a, with a good outcome. So that's on you. Good job, well, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, not everybody can do that. Not everybody has that. Um, I'm not going to say skill, but it is a, it, it is a skill, right, yeah. that, to be able to, you know, sit there in the fire with two people that are upset and say, well, you know, I'm just going to sit here. You guys work it out. I'm here if you need me. Um, but I think it's it's got to be easier to do that than it is to let that drama go on for days and weeks, Well, right? then it becomes toxic, and yeah. you've got someone, you know, going to, instead of it just being between those two people, you've got them going to other people. And, right. Um, you know, there's been a scenario where, you know, in our office, we go to the source and, you know, in our mind, that's, it looks a lot better for me, you know, as your coworker to come to you um, and say, hey, I noticed this or you didn't do that or whatever the scenario is. Um, but that's a decision. You, that was one of your bylaws, right? That you yes. said that, that we're going to be known as a group of people that goes to the source. Yes. Like you're casually saying that, but I want to make sure everybody hears that. Oh, right? yes, yes. And it's, it is such a huge, it's made such a huge difference in our office. And when someone comes to me and they've got an issue, that's the first thing I say is, well, have you talked to them about it? Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's things that, you know, if someone's uncomfortable talking about something, you know, obviously I'm going to help facilitate the conversation. Sure. But um, I want them to get comfortable and just being sincere and genuine and going to the source as a friend or, hey, sure. I've got your back. Because people get defensive if I have to come to them and say, hey, how come you're not doing a part of your job or yeah. something like that? So um, I think it sets a good tone for everyone to know sure. that we all have each other's back. Um, and where I was going with that to circle back around is um, we had an employee who brought something to my attention. I asked her if she went to the source and she said no and kind of walked out and was like, well, Melissa doesn't care. I don't care. That made it back to me. Oh. So we <laughs> immediately had to address that comment and, you know, really explain what that comment yeah. could do to a team that's, you know, been putting so much effort into um, working together better and growing together. Um, so we had a very frank discussion and um, kind of in that we talked about she had kind of been underperforming and I wasn't making excuses for it, but when she got into the conversation and was, well, I can't believe I'm in here because so-and-so-and-so does this, mm. you know, I was able, that was the perfect opportunity for me to say, well, yeah, you know, if you were doing your job yeah. and not worried what everyone else was doing, then... You know, maybe we wouldn't have a couple of these other little issues that yeah. weren't really big issues, but going into it, it was a perfect opportunity to talk about it. Still to come on Tracy Spears' super exciting podcast. I was stunned when I saw that. So I walked in and you have this, uh, like something you'd go buy at Sam's or, yes. or Office Depot. Yes. Like a menu board, isn't it? Like yes. you stick the letters on yes. turkey sandwich, but instead <laughs> it says like be amazing today or something, yes. right? Yes, yes, I th I think that's I think that's awesome. Yeah, So it just helps them to, you know, as they walk out of our staff lounge to see a, something positive and hopefully that starts their day off 
yeah. a little bit better. Yeah. Hi, my name is Tracy Spears, and I'm here to tell you about something super exciting. My business partner, Wally Schmader, and I just released our book, The Exceptional Leaders Playbook, and it's available now at theexceptionalleadersLab.com. What you'll find in that book is immediately actionable ideas that you can use in your everyday leadership. No theories in this one. These are tried and true tactics for leaders of all levels. I hope you'll check it out. people let the things happen like sometimes you have the gift of discernment serves you right some things are so little you don't care so you are developing that barometer if you will of you know where am I going to be flexible on that and where am I going to hold the line in such a way that if I don't it it actually violates the culture that you're trying to create right and yes and that's a that's not a clear-cut line so that's you know kind of an ebb and flow I would imagine yes yeah yes so yeah I mean and you know there are times too when the girls will come in and just they and they and they will start the conversation like I don't want you to do anything about this. I just wanted to bring it to your attention. Yeah. I'm like, great. You know, like, I love yeah. that you. I won the lottery, you know. but don't tell anybody. Yes. Yeah, exactly. 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 Well, so, yeah. I love that we kind of have formed that relationship that they know, like, I'm either going to correct it or I'm just going to be there to listen. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. Well, good. So you are like are the first one to come in with a giant list of questions. Like, wow. tell me, what, tell me what's on your list. I have like the. I'm gonna at the end of this give you like these five questions and and ask you like standard answers and you'll give them to me. Okay. Uh, but what do you? What's on your list that I'm not asking you that you want to talk about? Well, you know, I talked about the kind of the toughest part um, of the transition, just being, you know, the balance between coworker and leader. Um, the best part about this has been the personal growth. Like mm. every day I'm still shocked that that I get to do this. I mean, it what I thought was a little bit out of my comfort zone, I feel like I, you know, am like flourishing in this position and personally and professionally. It's nice. made such a huge impact just stepping out of my comfort zone and I mean, I've even like set new personal goals that you know, have maybe even been on my, I'm going to do that someday. more, you know, yeah. someday. And, you know, but I like, it's like, I just crave it now. Nice. So, yeah. I think personal growth is addictive. Oh my gosh, it is. It is like, it is. like that. And you keep, when you use that word intentional, that the minute somebody dials into that, like whatever I decide I want to do, then that gives me some energy and then those things start happening. The opposite of that is somebody that sits back and says, oh, whatever's gonna happen is gonna happen, oh. And I, I don't know, I can't imagine that that's as fulfilling. No, uh, because I've been on that through. other end, you know, where I had this great job that I loved and I felt like I was making a difference and, um, you know, being creative and working hard, but I was working in my comfort zone mm -hmm. and now that I'm, not it's just it's like spilled over to every area of my I life so yes it's been well, it's, it's been fun to watch been, too just well, so you know <laughs> i love that i yeah. love that because i feel like you know well you've been there's nothing i can't do no. i know i believe you but you so we've had this agreement like it, that where i would come in monthly or whatever but yes i think like 
you know, I thought I would come for, I don't know, eight or nine months. And after like three or four, I'm like, I'm out, <laughs> man. She can call me when she needs me. So, oh, I love that. Yeah, I no, love I that. too. It's been well, great. It's nice knowing that I can shoot you an email or call you. Or a text yes. or yeah. however, <laughs> yes, yes. So, so here, I will ask you a couple of these questions. Yeah. So uh, if you had to like describe, I don't know if you can remember back to when you made those decisions, what kind of leader you wanted to be known as. Do you, could you tell some of the things that you, what were some of the decisions? So one of them was that you were going to uh, not let people talk about anyone else. Yes. That was one of them. Was yes. there, were there any others that you can think of that you come know, to mind? I wanted to communicate, um, I want to be more transparent and like communicating with the staff. I think okay. that that builds trust and um, that's huge. So, you know, just being more in tune that you know we're all doing this job together, and you know, let them. I, I guess just really be transparent. But again, it's you know within boundaries yeah, yeah. because you, you can't tell everything you know yeah you yeah. can't tell everything but even you know just talking about an office remodel or something i mean they're there every day and yeah. you know they appreciate the information yeah. and you know they they want to be a part of it they want to grow you know with us and so i think that you've got to you know be a little transparent in order to get them to kind of buy in yeah well, and we've talked about that when you the opposite of that when you don't tell people what's going on or tell them the truth that the stories that they make up are so much worse yes than, than what the truth is right yes yeah. yes I think that's true yes especially when you get that many bodies in a super small compact space Women. <laughs> yeah no I'm not gonna say that because then that would you could there say you that and I'll nod. <laughs> but yeah I mean you know I, I, I do think that that creates you know those easy conversations, right? It's, yes. it's just so easy to get, you know, to be like, oh, you know, wonder what they're doing now. And everyone goes, I know. And all of a sudden, you know, you've got a, a toxic environment, as you yes. said. So, yes. which you have the exact opposite of that up there. I, you know, I want everybody to know I've been there many times and um, what a what a joy it is to go into that office. Everybody is, wow. you know, it really and truly. I mean, there's. I'd love to hear that. Well, it's true. Sometimes you go, you know, in, in what I do, I go into a place and like everybody's miserable and complaining you know you everybody was super happy and then they had a few complaints right yeah. so that, that was a huge different that's a very different you know ball game yeah all right so here so what are the, what's the quality that you admire most in a leader um gosh being approachable and just humble you know i think someone that's willing to give and receive feedback mm -hmm. you know really helps everybody to be better so um that's good. You know, and not taking things personal. That's Okay, that's a whole other that's, talk show, right? That's a whole other talk show. That's a whole other talk show. Uh, well, you're yes. lucky you work with a couple of uh, doctors that, you know, Dr. Fox, Dr. Broman, that both check those that box for sure. So They're definitely an awesome support okay. system. So. All right, so this may or may not have anything to do with leadership. So this is just about Melissa sitting here. What's your biggest fear? Gosh, my biggest fear... I don't know, I should have teed you up on these questions. No. I'm testing these out so you can tell me afterwards if you think they're good questions. Okay. All right. You know, honestly, like failure. Really? Mm -hmm. mm. Um, and it's not, I think I just have high expectations for myself. And so, and I think that kind of goes back to before where I thought I was, you know, doing this job that I love, but I was working in a comfort zone because 
I didn't, didn't want to fail, yeah. you know? I yeah. didn't want to not be good at something because... Do you think you're more risky uh, or more risk-averse now? I am much you, more risky now. Okay, so you'd take, mm -hmm. you'd take risks, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. I can't, I mean, I don't Where before, picture... I, you know, I would do something, but it was more like, I'm going to do it. Because I know kinda, I can crush not, it. Not behind the scenes, and then whenever I've got, you know, made some progress, then I'm going to be like, oh, and yeah. look at what I, you know. <laughs> Where now I'm like, I'm doing it, and I'm going to find a way, but yeah. first I'm going to just let you know I'm doing it. Yes. <laughs> so um, doing that in that way is inspirational, just so you know. Like when the people that, in a leadership role, that do something and everyone didn't see that process to get there, that's not inspiring because then it becomes not believable. Mm -hmm. And it becomes not, um, that somebody doesn't feel like that they are relatable, right? Mm -hmm. Because what makes that so inspiring is that when you watch somebody go through that and you go, oh my gosh, I watched that. And she, if she can do it, I can do it. That becomes inspirational. So we work, I know, with a ton of leaders in saying this. You know, A, you've got to make it look easy, but also you've got to, you know, let them know what your process was to get that done so that they realize, oh, I can do that too, mm -hmm. right? There's a fine line there. Yes. So so anyway, yeah. so I think that's good. So you're, you're now willing to let people see that part of you that isn't sure you're going to accomplish it, but you know in the back of your mind you'll figure out how. Mm -hmm. That's, oh, yeah. that's called being vulnerable, by the way, right? Yeah. Are, yes. are you reading anything about Brene Brown? Um, I ordered her book on okay, Amazon, good. and it should be on my doorstep today. Oh, so my gosh. Oh, I'm my excited gosh. to read it. Okay, after you read I it. I read, like, the preview 14 pages on Google or whatever, okay. and thought, yep, I have to read this book. Yeah. So, so after you read it, come back, we're going to do another... You know, why we love Brene Brown okay. is what we'll call it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I literally have her book on, on the Audible, you know, and I just listen to it. When I get in my car now, it's not disco music like it normally uh, yes. is. It, well, it was NPR until the election, and now it's disco music. Yeah. But now it is Brene Brown, like just that sanity that she provides. All right, do you have any big regrets yet? You're super young, so you're probably like, you know, and don't tell anything too dark and deep here, but yeah. any, any, any regrets at this point? Um, specifically to I don't know anything okay. I don't know okay. well yeah you shouldn't have like had the third glass of wine I don't know what whatever what comes on oh dear oh, yes <laughs> okay so yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're gonna move there's on there's a you're couple too, of those stories <laughs> you're too young for that question I need to I need to remember to not ask um, young people their no, greatest regret that's for old people I like. have been at a wine event actually with the doctors <laughs> that had too many glasses of wine so okay. yeah there's definitely some moments oh there. my gosh <laughs> So now we have to make that a learning moment now because you're talking about that because it, because it's different now for you, right? In yes. the role that you're in, you're, you are an extension of the practice. Yes. And I think too many people don't realize that, you know, that is when you, that company spend millions of dollars on their brand and one employee can do something inappropriate and it reflects poorly on everyone, especially yes. with, you know, social media and, you know, now everybody knows everything. So that is a big deal. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, physically, I wish I was a better runner. You know, I wish I could sing. <laughs> yeah, singing has um, been on most people's list, yeah. or piano, or musical yeah. instruments. Yeah. Or I did try to learn how to play the flute in junior high. And Why the flute? Because my grandmother played the flute. <laughs> my mom kept it for all these years. Okay. And, oh, here, you should try to play the flute. And that lasted just a couple of days. Uh, yeah. I'm more of a... I'm I'd see like a saxophone, maybe. Gosh. No? 
You know, the piano would... I've been watching American Idol. The piano would be pretty fun to learn how to play, but... Um, would you ever go on American Idol? If Even if you... Oh I mean... You know what? I... It would be super cool to say you were, that yeah. I did it, yeah. um, but I don't think I... I guess if you were super talented, you would. Like, we would make yeah. you. We would if, I, you. if I knew I was just a really great singer or even yeah. okay singer, whatever. Yeah. But today, right now, huh. Yeah. Well, now you could just release it on your Facebook page and people right. would find you. You oh, know what? That's true. Hopefully. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Ask everybody to share it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So do you have any uh, favorite quotes or mottos? Um, Those are. Th that's a hard one. So uh, we could circle back to it if you want to. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, because, yes, I definitely do have, you know, I just, they're all screenshotted on my phone. I know, right? Or posted on my mirror or something like that. Do you do that? Do you leave yourself notes, inspirational notes? How, what's your process on that? Um, I usually will see it, like, scrolling through Instagram or something like that and mm. just screenshot it and it'll stay on my phone. I've taken some of those quotes and just put them on, like, a letter board at our office because... You know, I think like, oh, well, if that resonated with me, then maybe yeah. someone else needs to hear it. But. I was stunned when I saw that. So I walked in and you have this, uh, like something you'd go buy at Sam's or, yes. or Office Depot, yes. like a menu board, isn't it? Like yes. you stick the letters on yes. turkey sandwich, but instead it says <laughs> like be amazing today or something, yes. right? Yes, yes, I thought I think that's, I think that's awesome. Yeah, so. it just helps them to, you know, as they walk out of our staff lounge to see a something positive and hopefully that starts their day off yeah a little bit better yeah well, just gotta remember no... to change it every <laughs> once in a while <laughs> well you have you all have gone to a lot of uh effort to not only think of what are your non-negotiables and what you want your culture to be but you do have it written down and you review it and you talk about it at your staff meeting and uh i think that's a i think that's a you know huge part of leadership is not just the exercise of this is lip service and what we want to be, you know, known for, and so everybody can see that we did it. But to live that out, right? Mm -hmm. Don't you think that's? I think that's why it's such a cool place to work. Yes. Yeah. Just being consistent. You know, they've they've helped us come up with those non-negotiables. They, you know, they know that their reviews are kind of based off of what we've come up with, and yeah, I mean, it's, we talk about it on a regular basis. So awesome. What that means, you know, how can I be better? So, so what's your big challenge right now? What are you really working on uh, at this point? So you're about what, almost a year in. What's the thing that you're okay? I'm really working on this. What would that be? I think appreciation helps motivate, but and it sounds so easy to think like, oh, you know, I appreciate all of them, but to really like to be intentional about saying it. Mm -hmm. to, or showing it, um, you know, that sounds like so small, but it, and I really thought like oh, that's gonna be the easiest part of my job, but you know, just even Isn't you know, that funny? someone was out of the office because their kiddo was sick. I mean, just sending him a text, hey, I hope so and so is doing better. I mean, all of those things, that's huge. People appreciate, and you really, we get so busy, and you know, our work lives and you know our schedules after work but really remembering to reach out and say thank you or I noticed that you did this or did that you, makes a big difference it, yeah it makes a big difference but it's just you really have to remember to do it yeah about doing it. so right now you're remembering it because it's new so in 10 years you and I will sit down and I'll go 
remember all those amazing things you did in the beginning. You've got to keep doing those, yes. right? Like it's it's hard to keep, you know, once you start doing that. But it's it's required. I think the stat is something like 79% of people that leave a job leave because they don't feel appreciated. 79%. Isn't that crazy? That's huge. Yeah. I, I think that most people think, oh, it's because of the money. And it's money is like eighth on the list. It's not even in the top five, right? They, if somebody is having a money conversation, like it's, it's because of the money, it's because there's about six or seven other things that didn't go their way, right? Like, right. And the money will keep them there if the money is enough. But it's those other but things. not for long. No, until, yeah. it's temporary. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In, anytime I'm in, you know, when someone goes, well, it's all about the salary. I'm like, no, it's really not. It's about do I feel appreciated? Do I feel like anybody is uh, cares about who I am as a person? It's all those things that they might be touchy-feely and people might go, oh, gosh, you know, that does, that's not important. It's totally important. It's like mm -hmm. it ends up being incredibly important. So so that you're paying attention to that is, is awesome early on. Circle back around to that, you know, fear. I mean, you know, I have really kind of like jumped in and just I am like crave information and feedback and whatever and I feel like um, that's made a huge difference mm. and I do kind of worry like you know at some point is there not going you know to be enough information mm. or you know things like that so I guess gosh that's maybe, a good fear I know right yeah, that it's, you'll arrive it's scary yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's not even that I think I'm going to know everything yeah. but it's just you know, am I, am I always going to be able to be, to have the information and whatever the resources to just keep things fresh and mm -hmm. upbeat? And so. so you know what you'll do when you get to that point where you start to get a little bored like you're on autopilot is you'll really get good at mentoring other people, right? That's, that's, the, that's I think, the next step for people in that, you know, position is at some point when you realize, oh my gosh, I've learned so much and it's not enough for me to know it. You gotta that share it's, it. Yeah, you gotta share it. And, and that's, I think that's been the gift for me. So I'm a lot older than you are and sitting here saying, you know, you know, those little tweaks that you're making, conversations that we're having, I get way more joy out of watching you experience that for the first time or whatever than than I do out of just knowing it right so that's what you you'll that's do that's good thank yeah. you yeah you will for sure oh, at least yeah. now I have something to yeah. to know it doesn't just stop all right well thank you see that was pa totally painless yes, you crushed was. it yay good yay. job good thanks, job Tracy. All right, I'm thank excited you. I've done this yeah well thanks for, for thank one. you very much we'll do it again I'm excited to hear it too so. next time on real life leadership with Tracy Spears I come home one day and you know she's uh, just wrung out, sitting there with green hair and super mad. And I'm thinking, you know, beauty school didn't go so well that day. Right. She's like, yeah, so you didn't pay the water bill. <laughs> I was like, oh, sure I did. I'm sure I paid the water bill. So she had processed her hair and went to turn on the water. It was off. So she ran out of the condo and jumped in the swimming pool to rinse oh, her no. hair with all the chlorine. Sorry, yep. So anyway, so. What people don't know is I have like way too many of those kind of stories. Wow. And probably one less friend I don't <laughs> after that, That's right? That's true. Yeah. Hi, this is Tracy. I hope you've been enjoying the podcast. To find out more about our books, online courses, and other resource materials, check us out at tracyspears.com.